0: Welcome back in, everyone, to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. My name is Vaughn Lozon. I'm going to be your host today, and I think we're going to do that for the rest of the semester. I don't think Colin wants to write uh, the ship anymore. Is that, uh, is that what's going on?
1: I am uh, handing over the reins to you, Vaughn. All right. It's well, your ship now. You're the captain. All
0: right. Go captain, my captain. So we'll see. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Colin, where can they find you at? same uh cullen underscore logston and with us and he's going to be a reoccurring role with us is andy mcdonald uh the fellow beat reporter for cmu women's soccer where can they find you on twitter you can find me at baseball underscore andy 12 baseball andy i like it that's the name speaking of baseball we're going to start with baseball today and the world series starts tonight and uh it's not anything that was really predicted early on in the season uh I feel like the Cubs the Cubs were a World Series contender favorite after what happened last season with how far they got but then they unfortunately got swept by the Mets in the NLCS but they are back in the World Series for the first time in 71 years I think is what it was yep 45. Um, since 1945 and they defeated um the Detroit Tigers right or the Tigers beat them Tigers no, The beat Tigers them. beat them. because yeah, The Cubs have, haven't
1: won it since 08. Since, since 1908. It's been
0: over 100 years it's been 100 since the Cubs it's been have won their last years. World Series. And the Cleveland Indians are representing the American League, which I I think before the season started, we did a baseball preview, Colin you yep. and Evan did, and I think I had them in third or fourth place in the American and League. And I Central. had the same, too. Yeah. We, all, yeah. we all had like the Tigers
1: and Royals, like, tops of the division. Yeah,
0: I had the Royals winning the division. That... definitely did not happen. Um, I had the Tigers in second. I think I had Cleveland third, fourth, somewhere around there. Um, But anyways, they're representing the American League. Uh, Huge shocker. They have a great pitching staff. Uh, Their offense is, you know, it's all over the place. They got Jason Kipnis. They got Mike Mm -hmm. Napoli. They got some good pieces. Francisco Lindor is one of the best shortstops in baseball right now. He will be for a while, too. Yeah, yeah, he definitely will. He's only... 22 or something like that years old he's very young so uh again this is not anything that people really drew up before the season started so i want to ask you guys if if this world series is good for baseball is as a whole you know we predicted the cubs to make it there they're an awesome story cleveland they haven't been there for a long time too since i think the 60s or or they haven't won it since somewhere around their 50s. They've won or it 60s. since 48. Yeah, so it's been a long time for them too. I know last week I I was uh, talking about the whole LeBron thing, how he's kind of changed the city and uh, the standard to live by in Cleveland. So is the series like Cleveland versus Chicago? Is it a good series for baseball,
1: Colin? I think it's uh, the best possible scenario baseball really could have asked for. I think you have two traditional fan bases. Two teams just rich with tradition, um, really hungry to win. If it wasn't for the Cubs, the Indians would be the, the huge underdog story right now. The curse, yeah. they haven't won it forever. Just so happens the Cubs have the longest it's in, in professional longer. sports, yeah. been around yeah. forever. Um, I think it's great. Both fan bases really want this. And you watch ESPN lately. This is all they're talking about. Mm-hmm. The two hungry teams, the two teams that really want it, haven't done it forever. The two Cinderella stories. You don't have the Giants making it every year. You don't have the Giants who have made it every year. The Yankees, who are so used to winning, even the Red Sox, who are there every freaking year, even the Cardinals now. now. You have two teams that have not been there in a while. I think it's a fresh new chapter for baseball. I think this is really what they wanted because I think fans were getting sick of seeing the two or like the two or like the four same teams in there every year. Yeah, I think this is perfect. Everyone's talking about it, even people that don't watch baseball normally.
2: I, I have to agree with Colin as well. I think it's a great situation for baseball. I mean, Indians are looking to win this title, and you know, Cleveland winning it, they're the first team to win it after like a a drought since 1964 and the Browns won a, won, or they won a championship before yep. the Super Bowl era. So to be able to bring two championships to the same city in the same year, I mean, that's pretty crazy. And obviously the Cubs' story of going back all the way to 1908 before that they, they won their last one. I think it's just going to be a historic series either way, and I think that this is great for baseball because it shows some parity. <laughs> And not just the people that you would predict to win it to be there at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I like how you guys mentioned that it's a like you said, Colin. It's a fresh, new World Series. You know, the Cardinals aren't in it. The Giants on the even year, they're not in it, uh, which I predicted they would be in there. But I'm I, I am glad that it is new. I think what a story it would be if if the Cleveland Indians won the World Series. What a calendar year that would be yeah, for amazing. the city of Cleveland. They hadn't won a, uh, a national championship in anything in God knows how long, and now they win two uh, in a row with basketball, and uh, it would be baseball. To, uh, it's just I, I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. I, it, it's kind of just it's one of those like fate or destiny kind of things. It's just written in the stars. It's just meant to happen. If Cleveland wins, I think that's kind of what the storyline is going to be. It's kind of like, oh, LeBron created this entire thing. Yeah, so it yeah it'll go LeBron, always go right? back to LeBron, it's, it's all going go to go back to LeBron. You know, ESPN is going to uh, talk about that for, for a long, long time. Uh, and I, I'm kind of surprised at how much coverage the Cubs are getting compared to the Indians. They're both uh, historically not the greatest teams – the Cubs haven't been really relevant in a decade or so when they were last in the playoffs uh, repeatedly. Um, that was when they had uh, you know all those old faces, Ramis Ramirez and yeah. Alfonso Soriano. They had all those yep, guys, those yep. uh, legacy men. But um, it, it's just it, it's incredible that the drought that both of these teams have, and it seems whenever you turn on ESPN, they're talking about the Cubs. They're talking about Chris Bryant, Rizzo. John Lester, all those guys. Kyle Schwarber's now gonna be back in the World Series. Yeah. He's gonna DH yeah, tonight. Talk about
1: destiny. Kyle uh, Schwarber coming back now. That's Kyle really that's crazy. tore
0: his ACL very early in the season. The third game of the regular was, season. Yeah, it was the first week, and now he's back on the World Series Jeez, roster, which was a little insane. surprising to me because I heard that he was gonna be hitting down in the Arizona Fall League or whatever it is he did he did just yesterday which he did yeah he had a I think he went like one for three or something like that. I didn't see the stats yet, I but think he no went one playing. for three I know he had a walk <clears throat> in there too but um it, it's just crazy a story for for him to tear his ACL in April for him to be playing in the World Series in October it's just <laughs> that is incredible exactly. do you guys think
1: that that he could be a difference maker in this <clears throat> World Series Oh, definitely. He's that power bat that led the Cubs through the playoffs last year. Yep. And what's perfect, because his defense isn't the best, well, guess what? All he has to do at Cleveland is just DH. Yep. So all he has to do is worry about the hitting. And what whatever he gives you is just a bonus, because the Cubs already have a great lineup. They have been they killed Clayton Kershaw in the final game. Yeah, they Rich did. Hill, all those guys. They finally got the offense picked up, picked back up. I think whatever he gives you is cherry on, is uh, the icing on the cake. And he's, he's the best power hitter on that team, one of the best in baseball. You say he's the best power hitter? On their team, yeah. Really? Yeah. He's not the best hitter. But he has the most power of anyone on that team. Okay.
2: I mean, I just think any player that comes back from injury like that early in the season just feels like they have something to come out and prove, you know, later mm-hmm. on. So I think any any player that comes back like that to be a big part of the team that's huge. So
0: kind of reminds me a little bit of of uh, Jamal Charles a few years ago yeah. when he tore his ACL and he came back and he had over a thousand yards. He was killing it. in in the nfl same with adrian peterson he did that uh pretty recently too he won the the uh the rushing title uh just last year i believe it was so it's just incredible to see all this uh come come to uh full circle a little bit um so who who do you guys think is going to win the world series and what's it going to be what's the series going to be
1: well, you already know what my prediction's going to be. I'm a huge <laughs> Cubs fan. Before the year, I had them winning the whole thing. Is it a sweep? Though? I had Chris Bryant winning the MVP. It is not going to be a sweep. Cleveland's no. a dang good team. They've only lost one game in the entire playoffs. Yeah. Yep. They've dominated everyone, but they haven't faced a lineup like this Cubs lineup. And they haven't faced a pitching staff that can match theirs like the Cubs. So I think the Cubs, I'm going to go with six games. I think Cleveland will win one at home. I think they'll win game two. And I think they'll win game four in Wrigley. But um, the Cubs ultimately win it in six. Too much hitting. And like I said, their pitching staff is the only one that can match Cleveland's mm-hmm. Cubs in six. This is destiny, baby. I'm also going to go
2: with the Cubs in six games. I Because I, I think Cleveland, I think they would have had a better shot to win this. But I think they've been, it's kind of like the Tigers back in 2006, I think it was. They swept the um, the ALCS, and they sat around for a while. I feel yeah. like Cleveland's been sitting around yep. for a while, and that team that tends to affect teams' momentum in baseball has shown over time. So yep. I think that happens again to Cleveland here, and I I just think that that <laughs> lineup for the Cubs is just too strong. I think the pitching staffs are I think they're pretty close, but I'm gonna, I still give the edge of the Cubs. I just think they're overall the better team, and with all the momentum coming in with that city and everything else, I'm just I'm taking Chicago in six. I'm gonna take
0: Chicago in five. I just don't wow. – th- I yeah, I, I wanted to go for a sweep, but I, don't, I just don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think Chicago overall, the pitching, the defense, especially the defense with that infield, Javier Baez, has been incredible in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, they're, they're just too much for Cleveland to handle, and like you said, they've been sitting around for, for a long time, nearly a week now, I want to say. So it, I, I don't know. I I could see it being mm-hmm. six, maybe seven games just because of the rotation that Cleveland has with Corey Kluber. Danny Salazar is now back on the roster. So I think it could go 6-7. I personally think it's going to be 5, though, just because of the offense, because of their defense. Basically, their entire game is, in my opinion, better than Cleveland.
1: Right. So, Got a question for you guys. If the Cubs do win and they win in dominating fashion, are they one of the best teams of all time? Just the way they dominated the regular season – you look at on paper, they have such a such a great roster. Are they one of the best of all time if they go in and just straight dominate Cleveland? I
0: think you'd have to argue a little bit, you know? Yeah, in I, a single I, season. I, I, I think, think just because out. of what they did, especially without Kyle Schwarber the entire season, he was yeah. one of their best players the year before. Mm-hmm. He goes down, like you said, in the third game of the season with that terrible ACL injury. I think you would have to argue that just because of the evolutions that they've had throughout the entire season with Javier Baez wasn't even a, really a thing early on in the season and no. now he's a superstar mm-hmm. people love him I, I know Jason Hayward he has slacked a lot this season but the entire team has been able to pick that up Anthony Rizzo's been great Chris Bryant's probably going to win the MVP. He's got it. The pitching rotation is nasty. Kyle Hendricks, did you guys expect him
1: to have the no, season that he, he did? No, he was their fifth starter. He was yeah. to the weak link. He becomes your dominating number two. He passed Jake Arrieta. Exactly. Jake Arietta is their <laughs> third starter he, right now right. in terms of numbers. You got John
0: Lester, then Hendricks, then Arietta. And you got John Lackey got after John, that, John, that. He's also John really Lackey good. The back and end Jason Hamill's not even playing in the playoffs, he's really good, exactly. too. Playing. Jason <laughs> Hamill had a pretty good season, too, yeah. So if you look at all of that, I think you'd have to argue a little bit. I mean, you gotta put it at least top five. At least for this era of baseball. In the modern era, they're one. Mo- of the, the best. modern
2: era, they would have to be up there. Just it, the way the organization's built it and everything else, and then you go with the GM going out to get Theo Epstein Chapman yeah. at the at the deadline Chapman's been great for just, them too. The fact that
1: he did it with Boston and yeah. then I was doing it with the Cubs just shows how good he is. Yeah, yeah exactly. getting a Rawless Chapman. Do you think he's the best GM all of
0: all time if he's able to turn around Boston from their drought and then Chicago from theirs?
1: It's an argument yeah, I have to like make. Yeah, like you said, definitely the modern era, best GM. I mean, to take two of the worst situations, to turn around, especially this quickly. Yeah. Well, this, I think it's only his fourth year as GM. Just every draft pick, he hit on every single one. They're all superstars. He only one right bust. Way. He made every right trade, every yeah. right free agent move. Just unbelievable. I think
0: if he stays with Chicago and they win... A couple World Series They can I say he is The greatest GM of all time
1: There's no argument yep. I think they're I think they're Kind of going to become A little golden state I think they're going to have A golden state run here Because they're all so young It's not like the Royals Where they're all kind they're gonna of old They're going to
0: stick around For a long time They have all these
1: guys Sign up for a, sign up for a while yep. so They're all they're all still in their this 20s This is only Chris exactly. Bryant's Second year in the league Exactly This is Kyle
0: Schwarber's mm-hmm. Technically second year yeah. In the league Anthony like Rizzo's only
1: been around For like five years Yeah Baez is young Russell It's his second year it seems like a team that just wants to stick together and keep winning games too. Yep. So and then just, you got I Wilson Contreras catching too. Wilson Contreras, Albert Almora Jr. Yeah, another young, two young studs. It's crazy. Dexter Fowler in the outfield. Dexter Fowler's yeah. been ben really Sober is, underrated. Is still on this team. And he's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, he struggled in the playoffs a little <laughs> yes. bit, but, but you know he's you always have defensive you, you can play him, him anywhere. You can play him in the infield. You can play him on the outfield. He's played like I'm seven I'm sure he could catch if you year. really wanted to. I guarantee he could. Moving on. To some football, America's pastime, <laughs> as uh, people are starting to say now, our beloved Detroit Lions. Oh boy! Oh man! Did you guys watch this game on Sunday? Yep. Uh, yes. The end of it. I can't believe how many last-second comebacks Matthew Stafford can do, it's... and it is just incredible what he's been able to do. The Lions won twenty to seventeen on Sunday at Ford Field. Washington uh, took the lead. For the first time that game with, I don't know, a minute, a minute something time. like that left. like a minute, Kurt Cousins, 18 or something. Kirk Cousins took the ball, ran it for like 20 yards for a score, which was just terrible defense. Um, he fooled everybody on, on that read, but it was a good read. He scored. Matthew Stafford, being the clutch guy that he is, drove the Lions 75 yards, scored. Uh, he threw a touchdown to Anquan Bolden with all of 10 or 12 seconds or something like that left. They took the lead. They
2: kept the lead. They won. It was an incredible comeback win. What did you guys think of the game? I mean, I I look at it as another great late win. But, I mean, and just the way that Stafford is able to just be a field general at the end of that game and drive him down every patch. just looks like he knows exactly what he's doing, knows exactly how he's going to get down the mm-hmm. field to win. Um, I think for the game overall, I think it's good to see Golden Tate playing at the level that he's playing at again. It looks like he's changed his attitude around since he made those comments that he was going to. So that's good. Um, I mean, the defense caught another couple of breaks that uh, fumble they recovered in the end zone from Matt Jones. That's a big play of the game. Washington seemed to be getting a lot of yards and driving on the field a lot. They just kept yeah. shooting themselves in the foot, kind mm-hmm. of doing what we've seen the Lions do plenty of times. So, I mean, I, overall, another good win for the Lions. And I just I think Stafford has mm-hmm. control of this team
1: right now and has them going in the right direction. I was at my grandma's house and all the aunts and uncles watching this game. And when Washington scored the minute left, all my uncles were like, ah, Lions sucked. They lost. I was like, this is Matt Stafford time. This is Matty Ice prime time. Watch. He's going to leave him down the field. Six plays later, all I said was, bye. That's all, that's all I said. Because I was leaving at that time anyway. Yeah. But I, you just had that confidence that he's always going to get it done. Literally six plays. It only took him, about 45 seconds? Yep. The first play, 20-yard little sidearm throw to, to uh Marvin Jones, who's been his guy this year. I love that combination. Next yep. play, he runs it right up the gut. Get, somehow gets away from the defensive tackle. Goes for another 22 yards. Um, Andre Roberts Andre had a great Roberts. catch. And then just the amazing thread of the needle throw right to Anquan Bolin. Perfect throw. Bolin's be been great in the slot this year. Oh, he
2: has. He's done, played his role perfect.
1: What's really impressive to me is that Safford's doing it without with all the injuries. Theodore Riddick's hurt. Ebron's hurt. Amir Abdullah's hurt. Two other even Dwayne Washington's even hurt. They have he every no, running back. He has basically. no running yeah. game at all. What did he? What he run for in that game? Forty, 40 yards, probably. Just he, you know, typical. He, line. Matthew Stafford he has to do it all on his own. It's a, a a crappy defense. He literally does it all by himself. No Megatron this year. Um, he's making all the throws. I think. I think he's yeah. just having an amazing year.
0: And yeah. and that touchdown to Anquan Bolden was his only touchdown of the game, which really shows how big of a leader and how far he has come with this team since he's been drafted. Yep. Um, <laughs> again, yeah, the rushing game. I mean, I. I feel like I'm I'm a broken record here and I'm talking about this every week, but the rushing game has just been god awful since Amir Abdullah, <laughs> since Dwayne Washington, especially Theo Riddick. I think yeah. Theo Riddick's one of the best playmakers in in the entire sport. Um he's not the he's not the best runner, but as no. far as the, the receiving game, he, mm-hmm. he's one of the best. Oh, I, by far. I don't know if you could argue there's anyone better. But Justin Forsett only ran for thirty three yards. Matthew Stafford ran for thirty two yards and he he rushed it two times. Justin Forsett ran it eight times, and he had 33 yards. What did Zenner go for? Zenner went for 29 yards on nine carries. He did wow. have one touchdown, though, in the fullback uh, spot. But it's just 94 yards total for a rushing attack. Not very good. You would expect that out of one player. I feel
1: like that's one of their higher games this year, too.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, I think it is. Um it's so sad. But, yeah,
1: and I, I was really impressed by the throw
0: that he made to Marvin Jones. Deep down the field, when Josh Norman suffered his concussion, Mm -hmm. that was one of the most pretty throws I've seen out of him in his entire career. Even, you know, all the deep balls he threw to Calvin. The touchdown to Anquan Bolden was really nice, too. But that play to Marvin Jones was just incredible. Great catch,
1: too. It was an amazing catch.
0: It had to go. It went right down, elevated to him. It was perfect. It was the perfect throw that he could have made. And Marvin Jones made a good catch,
1: too. Cause uh, What was that? Uh, maybe the best cornerback in the league. Maybe yeah. the best cornerback
0: in the league. So I think it was huge that Josh Norman left the game early too mm-hmm. because I think they could have made some big plays with him if he had not been injured because I'm pretty sure that was only Marvin Jones' second catch yeah. of the afternoon. Um, was... So he, he was locking him down pretty well. <laughs> I think in the first half, I don't even know if Marvin Jones had a catch. He may have had one. I don't mm-hmm. think he did, though. No, he didn't. So do you guys think that after all of this – all these comebacks and the stats behind it. Do you think Stafford
2: is a legitimate MVP candidate? I don't see how you can argue it. At this point, I mean, he's leading the league in a lot of statistics. He's yeah. doing it with almost no running game at all. I mean, he's he's using all of his receivers. He's showing that he can do it without Calvin Johnson. I I mean, I think so. I mean, he's the reason if you ask me, he's the re- real reason this team is 4 and 3 right now. I don't see yeah. them having the record that they have without Stafford. So I mean how how can't you consider him an MVP candidate at right at this point in the season right now. Mm-hmm. Long way to go, but I mean, with the way he's playing right now, if he does it all season and keeps up these kind of numbers and the head of the or the top of the
1: league, I mean, how are you going to defeat that or say that he can't be an MVP. You're exactly right, Andy. Too many times people mistake the MVP as best overall player. Tom Brady, I think, is the best overall player. But no player is more valuable to their team than Matt mm-hmm. Stafford. The Patriots proved mm-hmm. they can win without Brady. Lions would be 1-6 if it wasn't for Matt Stafford. Exactly. Maybe 0-7 right now. With all the injuries, with the lack of depth on this team, yeah. and just maybe the lack of overall talent, he's doing it True. all by himself. And he's have, he has us in the playoffs right now. It's unbelievable. I, yeah. think, I think he is the top guy for the MVP right now. I
0: think he has to be. Just because of what he's done with this pretty terrible offense uh, before, you know, with all the injuries to the rush game, it's not a great offense. The receivers make it a good offense, but that running game is just atrocious. What he's been able to mm-hmm. do without Amir Abdullah, without Dwayne Washington, without Theo Riddick for the past few weeks, it's been sensational. He's fifth overall QB rating in the league. He's seventh in passing yards. He has 1,914 yards. He's tied for third in touchdowns. He's got 15. And he's only thrown four picks all year. And I think a few of those were misdirected. Uh, some of them were his fault. But I remember one of them, Ebron dropped, uh, went right off his hands. And the defender, I think it was in the Titans game, if I'm not mistaken. And the, and the guy picked it off. Um, so with all that said, and, and especially with Ebron being hurt too, his top tight end target, now you got to throw into uh, Clay Harbor. Their their uh, tight end, their backup Mm -hmm. tight end. I think you have to argue that Stafford is an MVP candidate. I would say he's probably the front runner right now. I'd say you got to throw it to Tom Brady too. You got to throw it to Andrew Luck for what he's been able to do with that team. I think that team is winless without Andrew Luck. And frankly, I think the Lions are winless without Matthew Stafford too. Exactly. So I think you got to argue it. I think by the end of the season, he probably won't win it just because of what you said, Colin. That people tend to. You know, stick with the stats and, you know, who's the best overall
2: player. Yeah. And you got Brady coming back off that suspension. Yeah, Brady coming back off the suspension. He's
0: been amazing. Um, It's going to be fun to watch how the season progresses, Um, especially this upcoming week. They're at Houston.
1: You guys think that they win that game? Before last night, I would have said no. But seeing how bad Brock yep. Osweiler is in person, <laughs> he's been terrible. He's horrible. That was such just, a bad deal for them. Yep. I, don't well, think, maybe, I don't think Houston's really, they're not nearly the team they were last year. No, so I think no. Lions are going to find a way to win.
2: I thought maybe Brock was turning it around. But yeah, last night changed my mind too. Because after the way he ended the game the week before. But no, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I think the Lions are going to win it easily, honestly. I mean, I say you say that, but then the Lions seem to make everything <laughs> close. So I don't know. But I definitely would take it'll the Lions. It'll definitely that game. be close. I they think it'll be a close game.
0: Out. But for some reason, I don't see the Lions winning. Just because I think, just because of the defense, I think Brock Osweiler will turn it around. He was playing against one of the best defenses in the league Very last week, uh, this y- yesterday, Maybe last the best. night. Probably, yeah, you could argue the best. He was at Denver. He had to go back to Denver after leaving them for the seventy million dollar contract that he signed with Houston. Um, that fumble, that yeah. He had, a, oh my it, goodness, geez. like that, that just—that that may just, be one of the worst things I've ever seen on <laughs> national television. I mean, that was just. I cringe.
2: And the fact man, that, that he cringe. was like complaining about it on the sideline after they reviewed. Yeah, it he was complaining about it too. Was, like how he, he was clearly out. It was a fumble. Yeah, <laughs> it was a it was His a bad was fumble. It
0: made him look. Up, it made him look bad. But I think, especially with Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller is gonna I think destroy the Lions defense. They have two really good receivers in DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Will Fuller being a rookie. I don't. I just don't see the Lions winning. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be like a touchdown game. Um, but I think ultimately they will lose.
1: Slay has to come back for that game, or Hopkins yeah. will destroy them. And they need Levy back too. They need. Yeah, they, they need starting guys back. They, especially they just on need all their players if back. They, if it's, they can't stop Miller, they're just going to control the yeah. time and possession in that yeah. game. And I mean, that would overall Ta- get take him, him away and make Brock Osweiler beat you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they also needs to find exactly. a way to do they that. that. They That's, do
1: because um, you know Stafford's going to bring it. He's going he'll play well.
0: Stafford brings it every game. <laughs> and Except I th- for
1: the Bears game, he was bad in that game. The,
0: the entire. Oh, the the, whole, the team whole team was, team
1: was yeah, just, the just Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah was really... On I
0: forgot about that until you just brought it up now. Thanks a lot. And those are still the two... <laughs> lo- those are still
2: the Titans and the Bears. Those are still the two losses that yep. scare me when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. Because yep. those are games you should have had and you don't. Too bad so, teams, so.
0: So. Speaking of trying to forget things, I'm sure that the Ohio State Buckeye and Michigan <laughs> State Spartan fans are trying to forget this past weekend. Oh yeah, Michigan know, State lost again. their fifth in a row. They lost at Maryland. And then Ohio State goes to Penn State and they lose on, uh, you know, it was a last-minute field goal block that Penn State returned for a touchdown. Um, It's it's just incredible uh, the way that that all happened. Penn State limited Ohio State to just nine points in the second half. They basically shut them out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Ohio State really screwed up with that field goal. They really rushed to get that field goal off, and I think that's why Penn State was able to block it. it. Took a perfect bounce to the guy that took it back to the house. That ended the game, essentially. Uh, JT Barrett got sacked on the last two plays that they had, third down and fourth down they got sacked. Penn State really came up big on the defensive side. What I want to ask you guys, with U of M winning again, now they're ranked number two. they, They beat Illinois this past weekend at the Big House. Do you think that Michigan State losing and Ohio State losing is good or bad for the Big Ten?
1: I think it's good for Michigan, but it's not good for the Big Ten. I mean, think about the last eight years. These have been your two dominating teams. And now they're both both struggling, especially Michigan State. Good Good Lord, they have yeah. been horrible. But Ohio State, I think the Big Ten, I think the Big Ten not wanted needed them and Michigan both to be undefeated for that last game. Yeah. For them both, to have a shot at the playoff, and also to get all the attention back in the Big Ten. Back into 06 when the Big Ten was, you know, kind of like the, the best conference out it there. It was the best
0: conference. They yeah. needed
1: that, and now that game won't meet, won't mean as much nationally. Obviously, to the two teams it well, but um, yeah. Any anytime your best team. Probably Ohio State loses. That's not good. And Michigan State falling apart is really killing the conference right now. Um,
2: I think it's a little bit of both because right now I think it shows how competitive the conference is. I mean, you got you got Nebraska and Wisconsin who are still both up there competing. But I mean, they uh, play this weekend too. Exactly. That's that's gonna be a big game. And uh, honestly, Northwestern right now is kind of coming up from looking really bad, and they're actually starting to become a better team. So I think the conference and with Penn State getting that win against Ohio State, they're ranked now too. Yeah, exactly. It makes the conference five and two. It does make the conference look more competitive overall. But like Cullen was saying, it, does, it, it at the same time, it makes it bad because you did want that game to be undefeated at the end of the season between Michigan and Ohio State. And I think it makes Ohio State look more like before this game, they were a team that you, know, you were questioning, could you beat them? Is it possible? Mm-hmm. Now you see games like this and then the almost lost to Wisconsin, and you kind of think – okay, this team is beatable. There is ways to beat this team. I mean, they're still a very good team, obviously. Yeah. But And for as far as Michigan State goes, they were a team that was top of the conference for quite a few years now, and they're just not even close to the level they were at. That's not good for the conference at all. So I, I think it does a little bit of both. But if we're just talking from the Ohio State and Penn State game, like that kind of in that kind of way, it does make the conference worse because you never want to see it, your top team in the conference lose, arguably top team.
0: Yeah, I think this is great for the Big Ten, personally, just because of the the tradition of Big Ten. You know, you have Michigan, you have Ohio State. Those are the two predominantly great teams in the conference. But with teams like Penn State on the rise and, and Iowa, you know, they looked pretty good against Wisconsin this past weekend. Mm, they did. Wisconsin's still only lost the two games. They're still doing well. Nebraska's still undefeated. I think the conference is as good as it's been in a long time. And the SEC is on its way down. And the ACC is kind of on its way up, too, with Florida State, with Clemson, North Carolina's been pretty good, Mm -hmm. with Louisville, probably the Heisman winner, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Typically, you don't see all of that. But it's, in the SEC, like we said last week, it's basically Bama and everyone yeah. else. You know, Tennessee was kind of a contender, but now they're a pretender. They didn't look anything as good uh, as they did uh, the, for the rest of the season against Alabama. Right. Same with Texas a and They were winning at halftime, but they got shut out in the second half. You can't do that. You can't be a one-half team, yeah. especially against Alabama, the number 1-ranked team in the country.
2: Definitely played better than Tennessee, but yeah, yeah, overall.
0: Ole Miss has had a bad year. LSU's done a little good recently, same with Auburn, but it's basically just Alabama and everyone else. So I think just because of all of that and with Ohio State barely losing to Penn State on the road, I think that's still a very, very tough place to play. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Playing at Maryland isn't anything challenging, but Michigan State's just been bad all year. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah, they're a bad team. I think this is good for the Big Ten. I think it's going to get them a lot more – coverage with just how balanced it is it's not like an eight and one team is at first and then second place is like three and whatever you know it's very evenly balanced it's at the point where we really don't know who's going to be in the Big Ten Championship it could really be anybody it could Mm -hmm. be Wisconsin on the other side could be Nebraska on the other side and then on Michigan side it could be U of M it could be Ohio State we don't know, so it's really undecided at this point. Because last year it was basically decided after the Michigan State Ohio State game. It was basically Iowa was killing it on that uh, in the other division last year. Mm-hmm. That was already decided that they were going to go because Wisconsin, lackluster Nebraska, they weren't doing anything really last year. I think they went five and seven actually last year. Um, so Nebraska it, did, yeah, yeah, because they, yeah, they, they they made a bowl game. game. They were five and mm-hmm. seven. So it's just kind of crazy how fast it can change Exactly
2: from from one year to the next. Oh. And the SEC has kind of just been the same. How good do you guys mm-hmm. think that I fell for DJ Dirk and to beat Michigan State? Oh, I think, oh, it, yeah. felt okay. I think <laughs> it felt great. I think it felt great
0: for him. I mean, he was smiling. He had a grin I, on his face the whole oh, game. Man.
1: He's done a
2: good job, Maryland, this oh, year.
1: Great job. They're 5-2 right now. He's done really well. They're 5-2? and two?
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely ha- happy with Don Brown and Michigan and the way their defense is oh, yeah. looking. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I mean, overall, yeah. D.J. Durkin, he's looked good and it looks like yeah. he's made the right decision to go over there and yeah. coach, So It's worked out for both sides. Yeah. It has
0: worked out for both very sides. Very well. The U of M defense has been playing lights out. Been they been better than last year. They really year. only allowed that touchdown because they decided to <laughs> to go for a, a fake punt on fourth down, right. which, oh my God. <laughs> I was at the game on Saturday and I was, uh, I, I didn't know what they were thinking. Okay. They were already winning stupid. by a crazy amount at that <laughs> point. I think it was, I think they had 41 at that point or 30 something. Um, they were blowing out Illinois. Why? Why do a fake punch? What's yeah, the point
2: I, of that? I, I, the second half just I, sometimes I was like, what? Are, what is Michigan doing right yeah, now? I, yeah. Almost like they're in cruise
1: control. They looked for great some in the it. first it just, half, but the second half, Harbaugh they, definitely took the foot off the gas. Yeah. I think because he respects Lovey Smith a lot. He, he didn't does want to embarrass that, him. Yeah. So yeah, he, like Walton Spate came out early in the third quarter. Yeah, they, the they threw in John
0: O'Korn in. who who uh, totally. he's played not, for the majority he, He's of not the, as uh, good as
1: Wilton Spate. I think everyone could see that. No,
0: man. no. Wilton Spate's the better quarterback.
1: Um, well, he, he maybe had his best game all season. He was That's what Jim, was Harbaugh yeah, Jim, Jim Harbaugh said. Jim Harbaugh said he played
0: his best game all year on uh, on Saturday. So. So, what I've
1: noticed in Big Ten play, the only time Michigan ever left up points of defense, it's really not even on the defense. Oh, no. It's no! year Wilton Spate threw an interception. There was a fumble. Or special teams shot. did something stupid. Or even or there's, it's, a or there's a bunch of, like yeah. the Penn State, the only way Penn State scored points were questionable pass interference calls on Channing I think Stribble. one of
0: them, I think one of them was pass interference. I, I I still don't think it the was. The second one definitely, definitely was, was it. not. was He didn't even touch him. No. It was a ridiculous
1: call. And then Wisconsin is because once they do that pick and they brought it all the way back. Yeah. That's the only way, in Big Ten to play, that's the only way the defense lets up points. So
2: real, real quick, that Michigan Ohio State game. Michigan beat Penn State forty nine to ten, and obviously Ohio State lost. Does that give you guys more confidence going into that game, or are you still definitely think it's more about, confidence? Doesn't give me any more
0: confidence than what I already had,
1: but it gives me a little more.
0: I think I, just because of the atmosphere that Ohio State played at, and they're really not used to playing really close games. You know, they're mm-hmm. really used to playing well ahead of their opponent. Um, I think that gave a little edge to Penn State. But I, eh, it doesn't give me any more confidence than what I already had. I think as of right now, I'm not sure if Michigan's going to win against Ohio State or not. It's going to be close. It's going to be a very competitive game. Not, it's not going to be like last year.
1: Well, it gave me more confidence with seeing the O-line not being able to protect JT Barrett the way they very have true. been. Yes. And especially got our D-line. That's really good to know that Michigan <laughs> yeah. will be able to get pressure on Penn him. State's D-line. They take JT Barrett Michigan out of the game, it's do. done. If you can take his running ability away and force him to throw quick passes, the game's already over. Yeah, Agreed. So let's move on.
0: Let's go to some spreads now. So we got five games uh, that I picked for our spreads this week. Starting off with Auburn uh, is favored by four against Ole Miss. What do you guys got?
2: I'm, i I. think that's correct. I think that's just about right. I. I picked Auburn to win last week. So
1: I'm. I'm. In a, I, and I take that. I think it's a close game like that. I. I like that. Like that pick. Give me the Tigers. They straight up dominated Arkansas. I remember we pet that spread last week. I thought Arkansas oh, would not man, lose by that, that much. Was a rough, they set an SEC record with pick. like five hundred and fifty rushing yards. That was incredible. They destroyed the Hogs. And yeah. Ole Miss just ain't that good this year. They're really overrated. Ole Miss is insanely overrated. They're still in They the... were three and three and they were ranked. Are they still ranked now at three and four? No they're not, <laughs> but they're in the thirties still. They're, they're below the, 500. It's yes. it's Auburn is. is actually a surprisingly really good team. Auburn has been them. really good the oh, last yeah. few weeks. Gus Malzahn defense. is getting that
0: yeah, getting that defense prepared for Alabama. They'll
1: they'll, they'll, they'll kill Ole Miss. You think they're going to yeah. kill him, So you're yeah. taking
0: Alabama or uh, Auburn? I'm taking maybe. Auburn. I'm going to take Auburn too. Yeah, just because Ole Miss is overrated this season, and that's really my only <laughs> my only reason for picking that. Moving on. Baylor, after a bye week last week, they are favored by three and a half points over Texas.
2: I'm I I don't agree with that. I think Texas wins this game. I th- You think Texas wins? Yes. i, so I Baylor's I think, still undefeated. I know. I just I I got that feeling that I think Texas wins this game <laughs> in a close game. I really do. I think I think Baylor's shown in previous years that they can choke down the stretch. I I I think Texas wins in a close game. Texas
1: sucks. Charlie Strong <laughs> is done. The <That> whole team <laughs> gave up on him weeks ago. Baylor's yeah. still undefeated. Oh, Baylor will win by at least a touchdown. That's my upset of the week.
0: I got Baylor too. Moving on, Clemson is favored by four and a half over Florida State.
2: Andy, that,
1: I think that's about right. You at think home, so? that, it's at, That's at Florida State though.
2: Yeah. It's at Florida State. Yeah. That's I, why. That's why I think it's a close game. I think no it's a Maryland's close game. I, I take Clemson to win though. I just think Deshaun Watson. I just. I take them to win. Clemson's got to
1: suffer its first loss this week. They've Ooh. been playing with fire the whole year. Okay. If you can barely beat Troy and NC State at home, you're not going to go to a Tallahassee and win. Florida State still has a ton of talent, even though they've underachieved. Yeah. A night game in FSU Stadium. big Biggest game of the year. They're going to spoil uh, Clemson's year, which which is good for the Big Ten. It is. Ohio State, Michigan want them to lose.
0: Yes, definitely. But not so fast, my friend. Uh-oh. I think Clemson is gonna keep its undefeated record going. I think Deshaun Watson's gonna have a huge game against that young Florida State defense. I'm taking Clemson with the points. I think they'll win by at least one touchdown if not. Wow. Yeah. Moving on to our CMU Chippewas. They are playing Kent State this weekend.
2: They are favored by fifteen points. Andy. I I, I'm a, I think it's a closer game than that. I think Central does get the win, but, I mean, it seems like all season we're playing in close games here, yep. so I, I, I think the same exact result happens. I think we still turn the ball over a couple of times, kind of keep them in the game, but I think we overall we
1: win the game. The whole year they've been lose, they'll have been they go on the road and lose, and they'll come home and just blow out the next opponent. I think it'll be the same thing here. The Golden Flashes are really bad, even though I don't like, see music, great. Right? No. I think Cooper Rush will still tear them apart at home, like he usually does against the lesser opponents. Mm-hmm. They'll probably win by 21.
0: Again, not so fast, my friend. I think (laughs) I agree with Andy. I think CMU is going to win the game, but I think it's going to be closer than the experts think, as Lee Corso would say. Experts. Experts. Yeah, quote-unquote, experts. I think it's going to be a close game. Cooper Rush hasn't really been playing all that well this season. He's turning the ball over at an abysmal rate. It's just incredible. Um, I wasn't able to watch the game on Saturday. Um, I was traveling to Ann Arbor at the time. I was listening to it on the radio, but how many picks did he throw? He threw at least
2: one. I'm
1: not positive. I think he had, had two. He had two. He had two.
0: And you can't be doing that against a a Mac favorite like Toledo, and especially mm-hmm. with the uh, with the recent failures that they've had against Toledo. I think they've lost seven or eight straight now against Toledo's against the Rockets. Toledo has them. just owned the entire Mac. They've been really good. For the past decade or so, so I'm going to pick. I would Kent say they State. own the
1: MAC. Northern Illinois has owned the MAC. Cooper Northern Nido.
0: Illinois has yes. Toledo's Nor- owned us. Bowling Green has the last few years too, but now they suck. Tol- yeah, Toledo's owned I us. I think
1: Northern Illinois has won the four for four straight years. Like
0: eight and four. They're they're yeah, usually they're always good. Yeah, they're always real good. Cooper, Cooper, better than Cooper us. only did throw one interception. Just in one. That game. Yeah. Okay. that up. Real yeah. Real. So I'm going to take Kent State with with that one. And finally, U of M, MSU. At Spartan Stadium, U of M is still favored by 23 points. Now, I know you guys were still going back and forth between Michigan and Michigan State before the show started. Have you guys decided yet?
2: Uh, I mean, it's it's just so hard to believe that Michigan will actually beat them by that much (laughs) or more than that. Yeah. But I really just think the talent difference is there, and that's just where it is I'm taking it I think I think that Michigan wins by at least 20 points maybe probably more I I think like 25 to 30 points so
1: yeah something still like gets me nervous about this game just the fact that they've (laughs) owned us in recent years but we got to accept the fact that we are a much better team this year I think Michigan they they have 50 points to Northwestern Michigan is way better than Northwestern Michigan is going to lay the wood on them and I think Michigan's going to win by 30 you think
0: 30 points? Yeah, it's, it's just hard. I, I could see 30 points, too. I mean, Michigan State has lost five straight. They have no confidence whatsoever. The quarterback play has been terrible. They lost to Maryland uh, last weekend, which yep. Maryland is not really. Maryland's okay, but they're not a great team. Northwestern's okay, but they're not a great team and they got basically blown out by Northwestern at their homecoming game. Yeah, it, It's been an embarrassment for them so far. They barely beat Notre Dame on the road. Notre Dame's terrible. Yep. And they barely beat Furman at home, an FCS opponent. Those were their only two wins of the season, yeah. and they were the first two guys. I think Michigan State's going to get blown out. Jim Harbaugh it's going to have his starters in there the entire game. They're going to win by at least 30 points, if not more.
2: Harbaugh's got this team believing at a level I haven't seen them believe in since Lloyd Carr was there in, yeah, in those maybe days. Maybe more than that. And, and Oh, I, I think more than that for sure. I, I just I haven't seen anything even close to it in the Rich Rod and Hulk arrows before that. Yeah. That's all the years the state was dominating Michigan. I don't think that, that like D'Antonio's faced a team like this since he's been there. And mm-hmm. I, I just think Michigan's going to win by you a lot. You know
0: that uh, Jim Harbaugh already has more wins at U of M than Rich Rod did? His entire uh, tenure insane. at it's U of M. Insane. Jim Harbaugh's got 17 wins. I'm pretty sure Rich Rod, he had 13 <laughs> or 14. In three years. Harbaugh's only been there a year and a half. So he's a program. been there. A so year he passed and a half. him in. Jim half Harbaugh's the time. only lost three games: that Utah game, Michigan State, and Ohio State last year. So I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think Michigan State has a chance. I don't care about the whole. Oh well, Michigan State always plays U of M tough. That's true. My dad was saying that, and he was saying, oh well, back in the '90s, U of M was ranked number two. They they were playing at home, and, this and Michigan yeah. State <laughs> beat them. This one of the teams I was like, like this doesn't matter. if just their
1: worst team in D'Antoni era. This is one of their worst teams like ever. Even like worse than like the John L. Smith teams. The, uh, this team is it's garbage. It's true. <laughs> They haven't been two. They have lost I five know, straight man. since '91. They haven't lost six straight since the, since like '84. I know. So they are just it's h- historically bad, bad. It is historically bad, bad. How do you go from playoff to that? I don't know. I think that
0: may be the biggest fall, um, in college football. You go from number four into the playoffs, and then suddenly you just get shut out by Alabama, and then you go to two and five. It's just crazy, but. We're gonna wrap it up. We got our studs and duds to end the show. Andy, who's your stud and who's your dud?
2: Um, uh, my stud is Grant Haley. He's the one that blocked the, or he's the one that returned the field goal for a touchdown against uh, Ohio State to win the game. That's just a huge play, and yeah. the way that it ended, he he pulled himself into the end zone, and it's just one of the biggest wins that Penn State's had in years after everything that's been going on down there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a stud performance right there to end the game for me. Dud. Oh, yeah, who's my, your dud? my dud is my I have two of them. It's Hoshka and then Cadazaro for the oh. end of that end of that game. <laughs> oh, how man. do you how are you in the NFL and you miss those field goals? To win to win games, it's unreal. And I mean I know Hoshka for sure is a very well respected kicker, so mm-hmm. it's just just crazy that they both missed and just a horrible, horrible I mean it ended up being a good game because of how close it was, but six to six tie, I mean that's just
1: that's terrible. And I think both those kickers get my dud performance. Stud is Matt Stafford for obvious reasons. My dud is Paul Feinbaum for being such a <laughs> douchebag. Nobody <laughs> likes you, Paul. Get off TV. Even today, he finally admitted that Michigan was a good team and that they're the only competition No at way. Bama. But before he said it, he said it pains me to say this. Oh, I don't know of what. Course. So oh, he's so he finally admitted that he hates you, oh, about and hates he, Harbaugh. Oh, he's biased. Be neutral for once. Be neutral. Yeah, seriously. But at least he admitted he it. But guess what, Paul, Paul? You're still a d-bag.
0: He works for the <laughs> SEC <laughs> network. He can't be neutral. It pains me to say this.
1: What do you have against Michigan? Yeah. He it finally admitted like he was wrong, some, though. He's an idiot. He's an at idiot.
0: least he, uh, yeah, at least he admitted he was wrong. My stud is Arian Foster. For all the injury problems that he's had over the years, he announced that he's retiring. I think it's it's a great time for him to retire because of all the knee problems he's had and everything in between. Uh, he had a good run. I think he had the second most rushing yards of all time uh, as an undrafted running back. So for all the years that that he was on the Texans, he was an incredible running back. But I think He's an it,
1: asshole off the field, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he is a jerk, but I think it's a good time for him to retire. So kudos to him for a good uh, good career uh, that he was uh, you know undrafted. It, it was a good story. But my dud is Josh Brown in the New York Giants organization. The way that they handled the situation with Josh Brown—did you guys see it? That they were backing their kicker. They were backing Josh mm-hmm. Brown the entire way, and even though he admitted that he had. Uh, uh, beating his wife and all that stuff. They were still supporting him and, oh, we're, you know, kick him off the team. Get yep. him out of the NFL. Ray Rice got kicked off immediately. It was the day after yep. that video was released they kicked him off the team. Yep. He hasn't played in the NFL since. Josh Brown should be the exact same way. I don't think he deserves to be in the NFL. I don't think anyone that beats women or beats their wife, the love of their life, should have a job anywhere. It's just it's mind-boggling that the Giants would back him up. but Agreed. That's all the time we got today for Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Again, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Cullen is Cullen underscore Logsdon. And Andy is Baseball underscore, underscore Andy, Andy, Andy 12. Andy 12. Okay, Baseball underscore Andy 12. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk at you next time.